Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. Toward the line. She is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined a right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third. Scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And well, not that great of a morning if you're a Yankee fan listening to this podcast, but it is the Bomber Brothers again to react to another series. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey for new episodes twice a week. And we are recapping a series loss to the Reds. Sean, I know that you, uh, you're, you're, you're pretty worked up about this one. It's certainly frustrating. The Yankees were you know, a couple outs away from sweeping this series, but instead they lose two out of three. They've now dropped four out of five. We knew hurdles would be coming in a 162-game season, even for a historic team like this Yankees group, but a little frustrating when that hurdle happens to a team like the Reds, who are among the, the worst in all of baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating and I'm aggravated, but I mean, it, it's not just that guys are going into slumps like Aaron Judge in you know the last week has had like a 592 OPS. I know he had a home run last night, but I mean, Donaldson, aside from the two first two games at Fenway, has been terrible. Gallo is a non-factor. I mean, when the, when the Yankees put up three runs in the first game of the series against the Reds, I mean, I know Holmes has like the weird ninth inning in game one and, and, you know, Peralta almost got out of it. He made a terrible pitch on 0 two there uh, that for, for the go ahead hit the tying and go ahead hit. But I, I mean, when you score three runs against the, you're just asking for trouble and, and the offense goes quiet after what the third inning there. And, and they're terrible. Like it's judges in a slump right now and that's hard to overcome. But when everybody else is playing like, trash like that's also not great like you're getting carpenter torres and what like kind of some some production out of LeMahieu the last week other than that the team's not really doing very well and, and hicks was was one of those two when he, he gets hurt in the first game luckily it's just a contusion but i thought all around it was a terrible performance um you know by the by the yankees uh lineup i know i know they scored seven runs in the middle game and they scored six runs in the last game, but the inconsistency and the way that they were go quiet, like dead quiet for innings. 
at a time like, you know, they, they scored five runs in the third inning of the middle game and then they didn't score again until the eighth. You know, they, they needed to push ahead that, that one run to even force that to extras. And then they went on a wild pitch. The team can't just be Aaron judge. They, they need other guys to step up Gallo. I'm tired of watching you play. The only way he can get on base is if the other pitcher can't throw strikes to him. Like I, I don't want to see him anymore. Once Hicks is healthy again, I want Hicks judge and Stanton in the outfield. And I want Carpenter at DH. You can stick Carpenter in right field when, when, um, Stanton needs a break. I, I'm done with Gallo. He's terrible. And IKF, dude, what the hell? I thought he was supposed to be a good fielder. This put 50 year old Derek Jeter out out there instead of him. He's terrible. IKF. By the way, we're going to have Randy Wilkins on, who directed the Derek Jeter documentary next week. That just reminded me. But IKF, I know we got a hit last night in the 10th inning to keep the game alive. But all he does is hit little bleeders and bloopers. He doesn't have any power. He he's a no glove, no hit shortstop. What the hell? Why did they, he's terrible. Yeah. There's, there's a large contingency of, of Yankee fans that, that really ride for IKF and it, it kind of confuses me. I don't know. Maybe there's like this. Sometimes I feel like there's a large group of fans that feel like they can relate more to, you know, the, the quote unquote little guy who just does the little things. Cause you know, fans obviously can't relate to 450 foot home runs, like guys like, like Stanton hit, but I mean, other it's great that IKF doesn't strike out. I mean, he's one of the best in the league in terms of whiff percentage and strikeout percentage, but he's also one of the worst in the league in pretty much every other offensive category. He is literally in the bottom first percent of barrel percentage. Like you said, when he makes contact, it is not hard hit. He's among the worst in the league in hard hit percentage. He's among the worst in the league in outs above average. When we were told that he was a very strong shortstop, I think we're realizing now that he fared a lot better when he was playing third base with Texas and shortstop is is not seeming to be his his best position, which isn't isn't a crazy surprise since he was, you know, a converted catcher. He's he's just not he's not a good he's not a good defender at shortstop. So he's got some speed and he can make contact, but when he makes contact, it's so soft that it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, and and then he doesn't he doesn't draw walks either to to get on base and make that speed a factor. He's in the 18th percentile in the league in, in walk rate too. So right now the combination of IKF is doesn't get on base, doesn't strike out great, but he also doesn't hit the ball hard and he also doesn't play very good defense. And then the result is a 629 OPS at the plate and very, very underwhelming defensive numbers at shortstop. And I mean, you know, you can make the argument, well, this is still a notable upgrade from Torres at shortstop last year. Yeah, that's great. But that's also setting the bar basically on the floor because Torres was so so poor at shortstop last year. So I'm I'm with you. I, I do not understand how there is this large corner of the fan base that is so quick to defend IKF when really he's he had that nice little spurt in the towards the beginning of the season after a terrible start to the season. Then he really got going at the plate and has done pretty much nothing ever since. I mean he had a he had a big day in the middle game of this three game set to help the Yankees get a win that they turns out they desperately needed because they dropped the other two but overall I mean IKF's been bad and I also think 
like you were, you were mentioning about the offense as a whole, how they can't just rely on judge. Obviously there are other, other bats that have stepped up this year. It's it just, you, you can't have one guy producing if you have the best record in baseball. Torres is having a good year. Rizzo should have been an all-star. Stan is an all-star. So you have these guys that are producing, but I think also the pitching was performing at such a high level up until the last couple of weeks where they were able to mask some of this stuff from the offense because really, you know, you have Donaldson who's been pretty bad all year. You have Hicks who has struggled all year up until up until lately. And again, can't believe he he dodged a real bullet by just a shin contusion because that looks really bad. Um, Trevino has really fallen off. Gallo has been terrible all year. So there's a there's been a there's a few parts of this Yankee lineup that you really haven't gotten much production out of all year. I mean, the left side of the infield's basically been a non-factor with Donaldson and IKF in terms of offense this year. So now that some of the starting pitching is coming back down to earth, and which we've seen of late too, the the bullpen has been faltering a bit. I think now those holes in the lineup are becoming uh, more and more glaring. Right, and that's the thing: if the bullpen isn't perfect. And look, it's last week they've been so far from perfect. I shouldn't even use that word. But when the bullpen's not good, the the Yankees lineup when Judge isn't clicking is is not not enough. And yeah, and yeah, Stanton has he he gets a pass from me. He's had a couple a couple really big home runs in the last week. Um, so so he gets he gets a pass from me. But I mean, it, it's it's been terrible. And you know, I. I do not like the way Loisaga was deployed last night. I thought that was a huge mistake. He definitely looked like someone who was not. I was shocked when I saw he was activated and not Herman. Um, shocked. And he looked like a guy that needed another rehab start. He wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses. He had a couple problems with his control. Um, and, and his inability to put a guy away wound up costing them the game because if he doesn't give up that hit that drives in two runs, um, you know, that – the Yankees probably win that game. And again, with the offense, like they don't, they score one run after what the fourth inning that I say in the middle game, if they do that, then they don't have to play a 10th inning and they don't have to burn King for a second day in a row. It's all, it's all connected. The offense's inability to pull away in some of these games, then brings it. You have to use your high leverage guys. Then when you are in a tight game, the next game, your high leverage guys are burnt out. So offense needs to pick it up. Donaldson has been terrible. Like his first two games at Fenway, I was like, all right, this is, he's going to get on a heater here. He's been trash since then. I mean, it's been f- f- what five games. I, it's been terrible since then. It's. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you thought that the Reds would be a little bit of a, a launching pad for, for some mm-hmm. of these guys and Donaldson included, especially since it looked like he was heating up at Fenway and a couple games before that, he seemed yeah. to be getting his, his power stroke back. But, you know, aside from, aside from, Thursday night when Castillo was on the mound. I mean, the the um the pitching matchups were slanted in the Yankees' favor. They had they had minor on Wednesday. They erupt for five runs, and you think, okay, let's it's tack on mode. Let's rest our relievers. We we're probably gonna need them for a tight game with Castillo on the mound the next day. And then they go completely quiet until the eighth inning when they get the uh the porch job by Stanton and then they win it in the tenth on on a wild pitch. So that was that was a little underwhelming, and then you mentioned uh, you mentioned game one when it seemed like they were going to do the same thing: three runs in the first three innings, and then they don't score again the rest of the game, despite despite the fact that they had um, who's the, a Graham Ashcraft on, on the mound. 
And then against the Reds' terrible bullpen, they managed in four innings, four base runners, two hits, and two walks. In the yeah, and the, and the Reds' bullpen is very bad, one of the worst in the league. But the yeah, the Yankees weren't able weren't able to do anything. You have you had the Holmes meltdown, which you know it's I don't. Know. He gets a pass from me. Yeah, what what could you really say other than he gets a pass? He's been absolutely incredible all year. He bounced back his next time on the mound and. You know, I think it was brought up. Maybe it was tough to grip that sinker when it's so hot and humid out. But luckily, you won't really have to worry about heat and humidity too much down the stretch. So I'm not too concerned about about homes to just. I mean, July is only halfway over. Then you have all of August. Yeah, but the Yankees also have a 13 game lead. I'm sure he can. Uh, I'm sure he can figure things out if that's if that was indeed the issue. But. I mean, too many people are getting hung up hung up on Holmes having one really rough night when when the real story is the Yankees did absolutely nothing against a Reds bullpen that came in after the fifth inning. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I I agree. Uh, Like, Holmes gets a pass from me, and Judge has been horrible the last week and a half, I'd say. But he gets a pass from me, too, because he carried, not carried, but, you know, he he dominated for for three months. So he gets past, he gets a pass from me. Um, everybody else is on, is on alert. And, and I'm, I'm looking at Donaldson and IKF guys that have not had that moment of carrying the team. Like Rizzo was super hot in April and really helped, uh, help them get, get off on the right foot. And then he had a pretty good June. Um, and, and you know, Stanton's had, had some, had some pretty consistent production in terms of power. I know the average has fluctuated, uh, Glaber's had had you know a couple streaks here and there, but I mean, you know, when you have Donaldson, like like you said, the whole left side of the infield's been horrible. You're getting nothing out of them, and and that's a problem. I I mean, I don't know. Play DJ a third and 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 Torres at second. I don't want to lose Torres's bat out of the lineup right now. I also don't want to take DJ's bat out of the lineup right now. So I I think the lineup they had last night, DJ at third. Glaber at second, that that's the way to go. And Amaru Gonzalez hasn't exactly been the answer at short. Thank goodness they got Tyler Wade. This is starting to feel more and more like 2021. We got pitchers getting hurt. We got terrible losses late. The offense is, is going quiet. And we got Tyler Wade back. It just feels just like 2021 again. In the span of a week, we went we went from feeling good to feeling like 2021. I'm obviously kidding. They've won over 60 games, and we're not even at the All-Star break yet. But um, – yeah, it's uh, it's definitely concerning, and the fans did a piss poor job last night. Y'all, shame on yourselves. It's a one-one game, tense moment in the ball game, and you're doing the wave. Why did you even pay to go? Why did you even? Go? What about the people that want to watch what's going on? But you want to do the wave, stand up and sit down. You went to a baseball game, stand up and sit down on the couch if you want to do that. Come on. I don't think the wave would be as effective from a couch, but no, I, I don't like seeing the it's wave. It's effective at making the Yankees do every time they do the wave in a big spot, some bad shit happens. And the Red Sox fans, when I was at Fenway, were doing the wave in a tight game. Then 
so I forget the Yankees pulled ahead or something. And I turned to my wife and I said, see, cause the Fanway fans were doing the wave. And then the same thing happened to the Yankees. They yeah. stopped doing the wave. You hear that? Yeah. You hear that plea Yankee fans stop doing the wave, but I also think it's important to keep some, some things in perspective. I know you about noted. the wave. No, no, no. And <laughs> I, I know you noted it at the end of, of your, uh, of your little, little rant there, but this, you know, a week, a, a week of, tough games or not even a week of tough games and trading for Tyler Wade does not mean we're back in, in 2021. This is a Yankees team. That's still 13 games in first place. They've, they've awarded themselves the luxury of, you know, going through some of these slumps that turn out to be relatively inconsequential. Now, of course, if Severino's out for an extended period of time, then it does become a little more consequential because that's just injuries. It's not in terms of their performance, but but the Yankees have given themselves the opportunity to still have a comfortable lead, even when they hit some speed bumps. So as I don't know, as poorly as they played, they were two swings away from sweeping this series. So that's something you can take away from it. But obviously there's a lot more bad than good when you lose two or three of the reds and the offense is so, so quiet for, for the series. But I think it's also important to remember that this team has easily the best record in baseball is 13 games ahead in a division where every single team is above 500 and is easily the best division in the league so yeah it sucks losing to the Reds sucks but the Yankees have also given themselves the luxury of playing poorly and still having a huge lead I mean think of late in 1998 when they were losing games to the Rays and they had that what 12 and 16 stretch in the final month of the season and still ran away with everything. So it it happens. I'm I'm willing to move on and let it go and, and look ahead to Boston. But no, in the moment watching it, obviously I was I was pissed off. Yeah, I mean, I was too, obviously. Couldn't sleep after the first game just because it's like, man, you had them. The one thing I will say, one positive, Cole and Cortez both looked very good. So that's yep. a good sign, uh, especially for Nestor. Um the Severino injury, they say it's a low-grade lat strain, so hopefully that isn't too bad. But we've seen lat stuff kind of hang around. It's tricky with the back, so who knows. But at least it's no shoulder or elbow injury, which he's had, you know, issues with. So we, you know, that I'll take a positive away in that it's a lat. Hopefully he rests his back up. And well, he uh, had a he had a lat strain in 2019, and that sat him down for a while. He was shut down. Yeah, six weeks, I believe. But that was a grade two strain. This is yeah. a low grade strain. So, yes, hopefully it's with the all star break coming up. Hopefully he winds up just and, and that might not be the worst thing because he's putting more mileage on his arm this year than he has since 2018. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe that's not the worst thing. But, you know, I, I know they have a huge lead in the division, but I also want to finish first in the league because I want home field advantage, especially if we have to play the Astros. If we play the Astros in the regular season and we lose a couple games like we lost to the Reds, it's like, okay, we were right there. The games could have gone either way. I'm fine with that. But then when you do that against a team like the Reds, that to me is just like, I can't, I can't go home and be like, well, we played them well. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not good enough for me. And, and, you know, I want to like the Astros are only three back now, I think in the loss column. And I want to make sure we finish ahead of them because I don't want to have to play game six and seven in Houston like we had in 20, uh, 
17 and 2019. I want those games to be at Yankee stadium. That's really important in my opinion. Um, So I hope that the Yankees kind of get it together. They get something fixed on offense. Like I said, I want to see Glaber and DJ in the lineup as much as possible. Donaldson, you are now a guy that goes in when people need rest. And the same thing for Gallo. I want to see Carpenter in the lineup almost every day, especially he hits righties and lefties, but against everybody. I, I don't want to see Gallo. I want to see Carpenter making sure he's getting plenty of playing time. And I want DJ and Glaber not to take a backseat to anybody uh, moving forward. And I hopefully get a little more consistent offense out of that and, and Hicks coming back. But, um, you know, I think if you want to move on, I think there's definitely some areas where we, we saw the, the team can improve. 